answer to a healthy life is more than just eating right and exercise. These things are important, but how do we achieve overall well-being? Welcome to The Well, a space where we share stories and discuss topics that rejuvenate your mind, body, and spirit, creating a path for a happier, healthier, more balanced you. Let's begin. Welcome to The Well Radio. I am your host, Angie. And I can't believe we're here. This is our first show. <laughs> We've been looking up to this day for a while now. I'm excited. I'm anxious. I'm nervous. All the good feels, but we are definitely excited to be here. The Well Radio is a space that we have created to allow us to have candid conversations with women, for women, about real stuff that affects us, especially women of color. So we are looking forward to these discussions so that we can get real answers to real questions to rejuvenate our minds, our bodies, our spirits. So welcome. Tell us where you're logging in from. Tell us who you are. Share your stories. Join in the conversation. We are so excited to have you join us on our show today. So we are joined today by the amazing and powerful woman seated next to me, Mackenzie Green. Yeah. Welcome, welcome. Thank you. Thank How are you. you doing? I'm well. I'm well. Thank you for having me. Okay. So I'll introduce you a little bit to our viewers. Um, I know your family is watching and they know you, but we have the well viewers who don't know who you are, don't know your story. Um, Mackenzie was born and raised in a small town called Loris in South Carolina, outside of Myrtle Beach. Her story is one of defying the odds by refusing to be a victim of circumstance. She holds a BA in psychology from Winthrop University, an MA in counseling from Webster University, and currently pursuing her doctorate in education in curriculum and instruction from North Central University on track to graduate this December. Yes, <laughs> congratulations. Yes, yes, congratulations. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So she's in the counseling and mental health field. You've been in it for over 20 years, practicing yes. now as a trauma-focused therapist. Well, a trauma focus is part of what I do. Um, I'm just a psychotherapist okay. overall, but I do a lot of work in trauma, a lot of work in cognitive behavioral therapy. And just celebrated her birthday. So I happy did. birthday. Thank you. <laughs> that was Wednesday. You. You're a Halloween baby. Yes. 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 39 years young. Thank awesome. You. <laughs> awesome. So um, this bio did not even scratch the surface of who you are because I've heard your story. And I was telling you earlier outside that I get goosebumps every time Thank I read you. or hear your story. So tell our viewers and listeners who Mackenzie Green is, what it is you do as a therapist, especially with this um, trauma-focused therapy. And so we can understand a little bit about who Mackenzie is. Okay. Well, just a little bit about what I do. I work primarily with children and women who have experienced trauma. And a lot of the information around trauma is not very clear, but trauma is any type of event that has caused someone stress, has caused someone difficulty and it still triggers them even though the trauma is no longer present. For example, with women, it could be sexual violence, domestic violence, abuse, neglect, anything that has happened to you that you haven't dealt with. Right. Um, and so for me, so it's not, we're not just talking physical when I think when, when people hear of trauma, it's like, 
maybe some people don't understand that some of that trauma can still be emotional, it could right. be psychological. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's where the misconception is, because when people think of trauma, they automatically assume physical. Right. But trauma is, like you said, emotional abuse, verbal abuse, anything that hinders a person from moving forward in their right. life. And as I said before, that also can still be a trigger to them. It could be something that happened in their childhood, but some maybe a scent, a person, um, something someone says or how someone says right. can trigger that trauma or can bring that trauma back into their forefront, which they may not be able to. Um, mentally to deal with. Mm. And that's where you get that person who may have had something to happen to them when they were a kid and they're now in their thirties or forties right. or adulthood right. and they're still haven't moved past it. So, to so speak. it has lasting effects. It has lasting well effects. into adulthood. If it's Absolutely. not, if it's not dealt with. Absolutely. If it's not dealt with, it can impact you well into old age even. Right, right, even. Right. So um, it's important that when you experience trauma, that you deal with it, mm. that you heal 100% from whatever that trauma is. So that's what I've done a lot of work in. That's a lot of the things that I do um, working with children and working with women is helping people to heal and connect the dots and understand where the root cause of those, you know, those behaviors that you see, because a lot of times we, we see the behaviors and we're like, well, we want to fix them. I want right. to fix your behavior. I wonder right. why like, you're talking about addiction and all these things yes. that come into play. And it's like, how can we fix what you're doing? without looking at the why. root cause, the yeah. why. And, and that's yeah. the thing that I think people miss. They see the behavior, they see the addiction, they see this, they see that. But how many times do we stop and ask why? What happened? You know, why is this person at 30 still acting like they're 17? Mm. You know, why is this 40 year old adult still acting like they're in their early 20s mm -hmm. or, you know, still not emotionally intelligent enough right, right, right. to be that 40 year old. Cause a lot of times we have adults who are chronologically one age, but mentally a whole another age, right. you know? And so, and that's be, a lot of times because of not dealing with their trauma or not dealing with those things or those strongholds that have been impacting and affecting them for so long, because a lot of times we are covering it with alcohol, drugs, sex, shopping. Yep. Um, so I want people to understand there are yep. other addictions overachieving because that was yep. me. Right. Like you got to make it because, you know, right. you, you know, <laughs> you're not going to be your past. So it's like you're covering up somehow you have to cover up Absolutely. what happened and move on from it Absolutely. without necessarily going really deep and understanding what happened right and healing absolutely that pain and then overcoming absolutely which is what i call you an overcomer <laughs> and that's um, on my shirt which y'all can see yes i love it love it love it. so I'm yeah that is on my shirt all, all these the words <laughs> um all uh, synonyms of the word of overcomer and absolutely. really that's what that's what your story is so yes. take us back to how did you get to be doing what you're doing? What made Mackenzie go down this path of wanting to help women and children and specifically about the trauma that they have dealt with and then overcoming that trauma? Well, for me, it was life experiences. As I said before, um, 
it was not <laughs> my choice to be mm -hmm. in this field. I really do believe that God chose me to be in this field because I... It chose you. Yes. Yeah. My plan was to be a forensic scientist. I really enjoy science and I wanted to get into that field. But my life was um, predestined to where... There were situations that I had to deal with that put me in this position for um, I grew up. I was molested as a young kid mm -hmm. and I never I told my cousin and she believed me. And I know she believed me because she was like, I, I see it. I see that you've been dealing with something. Then at nine years old, I was told that this man that I saw on a regular basis was my dad. I saw wow. him weekly. And I never knew till I was nine years old that he was my dad. So that was trauma. And in the midst of all of that, you know, just dealing with trying to understand why was this happening to me when I was in high school, my best friend was murdered. Wow. And by the time I was 14, I literally had a nervous breakdown. So all this, wow, within 14 years, within 14 years, sexual assault and molestation. Yeah. And then finding out who your biological father was yeah and, and that was and the really, hardest yeah and because you knew him you knew... yeah I knew my whole family and didn't know that they were my family wow like I saw my family in church and what prompted the realization was that I started looking like my aunt and I kept saying so were you did you um go into like an investigative phase where you wanted to kind of like how did you get that revelation I started talking to my grandmother and I kept saying to her, I was like, there's this woman at church that looks like me. And she just gave me this look. And I was like, well, do you know who she is? You know, mm -hmm. and my aunt on my mom's side would say, oh, that's your aunt. And I was like, no, it's not like, no, it's not. And so my dad actually told me that he was my dad. That was instinctual. You had that. We had a like, connection. Yeah, we had a connection um, prior to knowing that he was my dad. He just he told me that, you know, I just felt connected to you. Like mm -hmm. he would call me his little girlfriend, you know, and every time I saw him, he would bring me. So something. he knew he didn't know for sure. Um, he knew that there's something connected, connected to this, this child. This child. Yeah. But he had no clue. So that was that was hard for me. It was hard for me because I didn't understand why. Right. I was really searching for answers and I felt like I could never get the answers, get the, my questions answered. So it created a hate within me. It created um, some really strong negative feelings within me. And so it just kept perpetuating itself, you know? Um, it grows. Yeah. You know, it just becomes bigger and bigger. Absolutely. It becomes... A tumor. Yes. Yeah. It's like, and that's what it was like for me. And then um, I kept trying to just be the best right. at whatever I did. Um, I always knew I was smart. So I always knew I was smart. Excelling in school. So no one really thought, like, because, mm -hmm. I mean, if you're taking school grades and how is she doing in school and how is she doing socially if if that's how we're going to see maybe how Mackenzie is doing as a child then you were okay oh, I was okay you were fine yeah yeah I was fine because I was always if that's kid. any standard of measuring right you know, that a child <laughs> right is fine then Mackenzie was totally okay so now 14 years old 
you lose your best friend. Yeah, and that was, I think, was the straw to break the camel's back because even in that time period, it wasn't just losing her. It was then my brother's best friend died and then my neighbor died. Right. And so I think- all this loss around you. Yeah, and that was one thing I always had a hard time dealing with. I always had a hard time dealing with death. And um, I think that was like the straw that breaks the camel's back where I just couldn't, Mm. I couldn't hide it Handle, anymore. Yeah. I just lost it. You just broke down. Um, yeah. I literally just emotionally broke down. Wow. So then how do you come out of that and into college, into young adulthood and moving on? It was a struggle because I was on so much psychotropic medication. Mm -hmm. um, and then one day I just told my dad, I'm not taking this anymore. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not taking this medicine anymore. Um, I come from a family who believes in the power of prayer. And my grandparents, my aunts, my uncles, my cousins, everybody was praying for me. My whole community was praying for me. And I just, I just always had a strong faith. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, even today, no one could honestly tell me that God's not real. Oh. And so it was my faith. And just knowing that God had a bigger purpose for me, because I would ask my dad all the time, why me? Mm -hmm. Of all the people this could happen to, why me? And I asked my dad a lot <laughs> throughout my life, mm -hmm. why me? Did you ever get an answer to that question? One thing he constantly reminded me, and, it, and as I got older, it made sense. He said, many are called, but few are chosen. And God chose you. Mm. And, you know, as a kid, I would be like, okay, whatever that. But as I got older, it made a lot of sense. Um, I struggled in college. And like I said, no one really knew. I struggled in college. I struggled in maintaining friendships. I struggled in maintaining relationships. I struggled through college because I had that, all that emotional baggage. And then the mentality that I got to make it. Yeah. I got to make it. So I, you're struggling inside, but outward. Oh, outward. You would think like, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> you're the perfect. perfect yeah. Cause and, college and I, student. I was the perfect A's. Great college student. Um, yeah. But I struggled. I struggled. Um, I just didn't know how to get it. Mm. It wasn't until, I mean, I struggled as a young adult. Um, it wasn't until um, 2014 when I miscarried, that I got to that, that was my lowest point. So I was just gonna ask, what was the moment? That moment, um, I think some people would call the lowest of the lows mm -hmm. or the, the rock bottom. That what, was my rock what bottom. What was it for you that was like, I have to go back to my pains. I have to unravel everything that happened to me and deal with that. That was my lowest point. And I knew God was trying to get my attention. I knew God was like, this is it. Because there have been many times before where God had made it known, I'm trying to get your attention. Mm -hmm. And me being the perfectionist that I was, I was just like, I got this. Yeah. I got this. You have got a, this. you have your own plan for your life. Yes. You know what you need to do. <laughs> yes. And it's like, and college is like that because you have certain things you have to do. Right. It's like a, your life has a schedule. Yes. So you that already was had absolutely. everything planned out for your life. Absolutely. And, and that that's in itself is a mask. Yes. You know, we get to hide under our work, our schedules, our school yes. um, curriculums, because I mean, that 
helps us deal, deal. but mm-hmm. are we really dealing with no. it? No. And I realized right. that even over that time period, I had not been dealing, like I had been dealing with some stuff, but I didn't get to the root of mm-hmm. my stuff until I lost my twins. And again, it was my cousin. She's always been my support system. My cousin, Carolyn, she's always been there for me. Even distance didn't make a difference. She's always been there from the beginning. Um, and I remember her coming to my house the September, I lost my twins that June. And she came to my house one weekend and she said, you got to deal with you. And mm-hmm. I got mad <laughs> because I was like, what do you mean? This is happening to me. This is what has happened to yes. me. This is that. And I was, yeah, I was like, what she do you mean? She was like the mean? mirror. Like, yes, this is you. You have to deal with. You have. And that's what she yeah. kept saying. You have to deal with you, Mackenzie. God has you in this place so that you can deal with you. And honestly, there were days all I could do was cry. I woke up crying. I went to bed crying. Um, and in the midst I've been of crying for years. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah. And, but at that point, that was my rock bottom. And I wasn't working. My house was in foreclosure. My car was in repossession. I hadn't worked. I had no money coming into my house. But God always made a way. No matter what I was dealing with or what I was going through, God always sent someone to give me something. I remember crying one day and my cousin Crystal called just she didn't even know what was that I was crying. Mm-hmm. But she called and she just listened to me cry. And I kept saying, why me? Why does this keep happening to me? That question, man. We I think every single one of us has asked ourselves that. Yeah. At some point in our lives. Why yeah. me? But then it's like. Why not, not you? Absolutely. And that's Why what God you, said. Mackenzie? Why not yeah. you, Mackenzie? Why not you? And in the midst of all of that, it was like, you know, she was like, well, do you? And she lived three hours away. And she was like, well, do you want me to come? And mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know. I did. Because I, I really didn't know what I wanted. I didn't know what I needed. But I do know that God was saying to me in that time, you got to get it. Mm-hmm. I'll keep you here. Until, until you, you get, get it. it. And I knew you I had to once. get it first before he could use you now yes. to reach other women. And that and pain was so much. I said, just take me out then. Mm. Just take me out. Wow. Just let me die. Oof. And I remember my, my friend Angel calling me and she was like, you were on my mind. And I said to her, I feel like I want to die. Mm-hmm. And she's a therapist too. She said, well, do you have a plan? <laughs> I said, no, I don't it's have so a plan. Funny. I, um, I'm a nurse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I work in the ER and it's, that's the first question. That's yeah. how we get to, yeah, that's how we know how serious it is. Yeah. And I was like, no, I don't have a plan. She's like, okay, I'll see you in 45 minutes. And I was like, did she just ask me if I had a plan? But I keep, re- I had to remember that's the therapist that's in it, her. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, you have to ask. Yes. Because then it's like how... How soon? How, how, yes, what, like, how much do I need to do make? I, yeah, do I need to, to make, make a, that nine one one? Yes. Call what do or, I need to yeah, do? Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, like I said, in the midst of everything, it was like I always had God always made sure that someone was there to help mm. me get through. And even though all that was going on, I finally surrendered. Like I remember, surrender is a good word. I remember sitting in my living room and I said, "God, I surrender." Take it. I surrender. 
you win. I surrender. Do what you need to do. Now. Do what you need to do. <laughs> the following weekend, my, my cousin Crystal and her kids came up and they don't even know this, but my goddaughter kept saying, Auntie Kay, I want to do a praise dance for you. And I was like, okay, I, I'll watch it. And the song that she was doing the praise dance to was what God was saying to me. I'll trust you. Wow. I'll trust you. Even if I can't see you and I started to cry and she thought I was crying because she was doing such a great job, but <laughs> it's the, that reaffirmation. It was the reaffirmation. And I God's kept saying message to you. Yes, God, I'll trust you. Even when I don't know, even when I can't see it, I'll trust you. That's the definition of faith right there. Yes. And that's what I did. Just trust. I just trusted trust him. Trust the process of yes, what and God... now the process hasn't always been smooth, <laughs> but I know where and I know where I came from, and I never lost my house. Mm -hmm. I never lost my car. We never were without lights. We never were without food. We were never without anything that we needed. Wow! So that reaffirmed to me: all I have to do is trust him. He's got me. Mm -hmm. And from that day forward, that's what I did. Wow. Well, Facebook viewers, you are on The Well Radio. I'm your host, Angie. I am sitting here with Mackenzie Green, a therapist who focuses on trauma and is specifically uh, trauma for women and children. Um, catch us on The Well Radio on Instagram or Facebook to see what we are doing. We are streaming this live. Mm -hmm. from Praise 106.1 station. So we are also on Praise 106.1. But back to Mackenzie's story. So you have channeled through God's help your experience into a funnel that is helping women overcome trauma, go yes. through their processes. It's one thing to tell people, you know, you have to do one, two, three to achieve whatever, A, B, C. Right, right. There's a process to it, I imagine, you know. So when we're talking about trauma, like it's not only about surviving it, which is what you did for years. Mm -hmm. It's about really going and figuring out why. So going deep and, going and deep. bringing all that pain to the surface. Bringing it to the surface. And and. and dealing with that. So yeah. tell us what that process looks like. Um, well, for me, it was being honest with myself. Mm -hmm. That is one thing that I think as people we struggle with, I had to be 100% honest with myself and say, okay, Mackenzie, yeah, you're probably a bully, <laughs> you know? And that sometimes it was hard for me to see me mm -hmm. But you got to be honest with yourself. You got to be honest with yourself about what's going on with you, what you're feeling. And I think one of the biggest mistakes someone can tell a person that's been through trauma is you shouldn't feel that way. Mm, that's good. Because you're validated in how you feel. You're validated in how you feel. And I say it, and I tell even when I'm working with kids and parents or women, it's okay, it's okay. to feel how you feel. What is not okay is if you deal with those feelings negatively, right. but it's okay to feel how you feel. You feel that way for a reason. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I give you that validation to feel and think however you feel, right. but also on the flip side of that, 
How are we going to deal with it? Right. But because it's not okay for you to take your feelings and your emotions out on other people. But it's absolutely okay to feel what you feel. Right. You know, and that helps you now start to peel off those. Yes. Those layers. Yes. We called it onion layers where you're, absolutely. you're uncovering and down to the core of what the issue is. Because absolutely. how then are you going to uncover that if you're not going through it with those feelings, those emotions? Yes. And everything is coming to the surface. Now all that pain is coming to the surface. Mm-hmm. So for your clients or your patients, how do you go through that process with them? Initially, like I said, validating that it's okay. Okay. It's Mm -hmm. okay to feel what you feel and then start to go beneath the surface. And one thing I I feel like is a gift that God gave me. I hear what you don't say. Mm. You can be telling me, giving me surface answers about what you're dealing with, what you're going through, and something's going to stick out. And I'm going to ask a question to get a little bit deeper into and it. And then it just triggers. And then yeah. sometimes, you know, it may trigger an emotion, but that's what I want. Mm-hmm. I want to see that emotion because now I can understand this is why this is this way. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, I had a young lady who was coming to me. She was coming to me for anxiety. And I was asking her, where's this anxiety coming from? And she was like, well, you know, I've just always been anxious. I said, we don't just wake up anxious. Mm-hmm. Like, what is what is going on? And I was, I was by the questioning in um, our sessions, I was helping her connect the dots. Well, well, why is this? And she would be like, Well, I just told you. I was like, No, but I mean, like, well, why do you feel anxious when you go visit your dad's people? And she was like, I don't know. I just do. I said, Well, tell me something. What happened with you and your dad? And she looked at me one day and she said, Well. It's nothing happened with me and my dad, but my dad raped my mom and I don't want my mom to know that I still have a relationship with him. And I said, and she's like, even though I wasn't there, I, my mom has very negative feelings about him. And she's told us that this is what happened. So that's still my dad though. And I want to be a part of my dad's life. And I want my dad to be a part of my life, but I don't want to hurt my mom. mom, She's carrying that with her. Yeah. And I said, and then the next two sessions, she said, you know what, Miss Green? I was like, yeah, what, what? She said, I don't feel as anxious anymore. Just letting that out and connecting her anxiety to the why. The why. And the the core, wow. Yeah, that's the second part. And then once we start building that rapport and start connecting the dots, I always challenge my clients to say, what now? Mm. What are you going to do now? How are you going to continue with these changes? Right. Because I don't believe in 10 years of therapy. (laughs) I don't. I'm sorry. I don't believe in 10 years of therapy. So my challenge is, what are you going to do now? What skills are you going to learn once you leave me to help you now deal with this, mm. because you can't stay in therapy. But for she, the rest she of your can life. come back. But she for, can come back for more tools. Yeah, for, for more tools. Yes. Because anxiety is not just something you also no, get over. No. Overnight. And this was for background. We have been working a couple of months before right. we got to that right. point. Um, and I always tell my clients, 
you can always come back mm. because sometimes those tools we use in that season, they work for that season. Right. We may need some additional tools to help us in the season we're in. And now. then you get different triggers along yes. the way. I mean, life yes. is just life. It's unpredictable. It's un you, you get triggers and then it takes you back yes. to that moment. And it's like deja vu. Yes. And you, you have to come back to mm -hmm. understanding the why yes. and going through that process again. So, wow. Um, welcome again to our Facebook Live viewers. We are welcoming questions, comments, suggestions yes. Yes. so that Mackenzie can answer any of her questions. She is a therapist who focuses on trauma of specifically women, and she also works with children. So mm -hmm. let us know if you have any questions for her. We will try to answer them while she's here. And um, so you also work a lot with children. Um, you mentioned, I have just recently come to believe that we have downplayed childhood trauma. Yes. Um, in, especially in our community. Oh, yes. And yes. we have knowingly or unknowingly, subconsciously have, even you as a child, you've given your childhood story. We see the outward wellness of our kids as as the queen you know we we think they're okay mm -hmm. but how can we be better we know better we must do better how yes. do we move on understanding that these children need need to also express their feelings they need to to overcome the traumas as children so that yes. they can continue to thrive well into their adulthood how do we do that now well, one thing I always keep in my forefront is um, a quote by Frederick Douglass that says it's easier to fix a broken child than a broken adult. And that is true. That is true. One thing that I do, it's even with my own child, is um, I talk to my child, mm -hmm. not in a talking at authoritative manner, but we just have random conversations. conversations. Um, yeah. And I let him know this there's nothing you can say that's going to make me feel bad. There's nothing you can say that's going to make me feel less of you. And kids need that. Mm. Kids need to know that I can say what I need to say to mommy and daddy and I'm not going to get punished. Right. You know, so some things he tells me and I'd be like, where did that come from? Mm. Like, where did you get that from? Um, but they're aware. I think that's what yeah. even growing up, I, I don't know if our parents and grandparents understood that we we saw it. We heard it. Yes. And we grow up carrying these yes. things with us and yes. we don't have anyone to talk to. So our kids are seeing us and mm -hmm. listening to what we're saying. They're sponges. And they're taking on that. And some mm -hmm. of it is traumatic for them. Absolutely. So I always encourage my parents, if there's something going on in your home, Talk to your kids. Mm -hmm. Don't leave your kids out, out of, the of the conversation. They're part of the home. Right. But make it kid appropriate. Appropriate, right. You know, the same way that you and I may have a conversation about something, it's yeah. not the same way that I would approach it with my 10-year-old. Right. Because one, it's going to be over his head. Right. And two, he, they don't need to know the intricate details. Details. But if there's something going on in the home, it's going to affect them. And if you don't talk about it with them, like you said, they mm -hmm. take on that stress and that anxiety, like, okay, did I do something? Is it something that I, that I've said? Am I not doing enough in school? Am I not doing enough here? What, what is going on that I'm getting these feelings, mm -hmm. you know? So parents don't be afraid to talk to your kids and listen, 
that is something. Yeah. <laughs> I myself have to work on too. Yeah, I think we all do. As a parent. <laughs> yeah. That is true. But but we have to learn to listen to our kids because they have feelings too. They do. And sometimes we forget that, especially growing up like you and I probably did, kids were to be seen, not heard. Exactly. That's and that's it. not fair yep. because what you do as my parent does impact me. Mm-hmm. What happens in my household does impact me. And if you don't tell me, then I draw my own conclusions and my conclusions may be very, very wrong. So, and especially as a child. Especially as a child, because yeah. we still, our mind is still growing. So, you know, I may be thinking something that's way out in left field as mm-hmm. a child, but if my mommy and my daddy have a conversation with me, they can clear that assumption mm-hmm. up. And the listening part is just that. Like, take your mind, take get off your phone, get off of whatever social media. Validate their feelings. Yes. Because there's nothing a child wants more than their parents validating Absolutely. What they're feeling. Absolutely. Listening to them and then telling them, you know what, it's okay. It's okay. How you're feeling is okay. And one thing I want to stress to parents, especially with our boys, please stop telling our boys that they cannot cry. Please stop telling our boys that they're less than a man if they cry, because that is far from the truth. They Mm -hmm. need to be able to show emotion just like our girls. Mm -hmm. Now, I remind my child It's okay to cry if there's something you're crying for, but don't cry just to be crying Crying, because you can't have your way. That's different, but it's okay for our boys to cry. It's okay for them to be boys. Right. Our young boys should not be taking on manly roles at 10, 11, sometimes seven, eight years old because they're not, they're not equipped to do that. They're boys, they're kids. Let them be that because as they get older, they're already going to feel like the world is against them because they're black men. Right. So let's not add, add to, that. to that. Right. Give them outlets. Let them cry on your shoulder. Hug your boys. And I want to be the outlet for my child. Yes. You know? So, yes. Like, we spend a lot of time saying, oh, boys will be boys. And, and we raise our girls to be a certain way. But who do our girls grow up to marry? <laughs> you know, so yeah. we got to raise our boys the same way we raise our girls. We got to love on our boys the same way we love on our girls because they need that validation, too. Right. They need to know that they're loved. They need to know that they're cared about and that they can be kids, that they don't have to be, quote unquote, men at 10 and 11 years old. Like I tell my son, you will never be the king of my house. Mm. You're always the prince. (laughs) Now you'll be the king of your Your house, house. right? but you can (laughs) never be the king of my house. Right. You know, because that's not your role. Be a kid. Yeah. Let kids be kids. Let, oh my goodness. Let kids be kids. If your 12 year old still want to trick or treat, let them trick or treat. You know, if they still want to pretend like Santa Claus is real. So what? Because when, mm-hmm. by, when they become adults, this world is going to swallow them whole. That is so true. let them be innocent. Let them be who they are. And it's okay. It doesn't mean that they're not going to grow up to be young men and women. It, let them be. Right, right. We are watching or we are on Facebook Live on The Well Radio. I'm here with Mackenzie Green. Tell us where you're watching from. I'm just going to give a few shout outs here to our viewers. Darren, thank you for watching. Jalisa, Shanta. Shate. Shate. 
Is that your family? Yes, Debbie watching Matilda. Yes, all of my family. Yolanda, thank you, Carolina. thank you, thank you so much for joining us. So we've highlighted Mackenzie's story, um, very profound experiences that have led you to to the work that you're doing now with the women. Yes. And you touched on this a little bit earlier, uh, but just to give us an understanding, because it's it's very hard to reconcile the pain and and then moving on, overcoming and moving on. Yes. So once we have gone through that process, we've peeled the layers, we've understood why we have certain behaviors, mm -hmm. we're trying to now fix the behaviors because it's not just about fixing the behaviors, right? Right. right. Can the pain and the overcoming coexist? How do you reconcile those two? How have you been able to reconcile your past? Even though you're not your past, how are you able to now live your best? How did you put it? Oh, live my blessed, blessed life. life. Blessed best, life. Best blessed life. Best blessed life. Right. Absolutely. Right. How, are you, how do you get to that point where you um, are able to do that? For me, I had to recognize I had to let go. Mm. And and it's not easy. It was not easy for me. I had to let go because I recognized that my past was holding me hostage. And then I had to release people. I had to release people from their mistakes. I had to release people from their letdowns. I had to release people from the hurt that I felt like they gave me. And when you release someone, it's not necessarily that you have to reconcile with them. It's just between you and God, you saying that I let them go. I no longer hold them responsible. Mm. For me, what helped me was in over the last year and a half, I was in um, a Bible study group. Shout out to all my Bible study friends in Columbia. Yes. And we did the book, The Bait of Satan. That book is very powerful. And there was a whole two, three, four chapters on forgiveness. And it, it made me look at if God forgives me, how dare I not forgive someone else? Mm. And forgiveness does not necessarily mean that I allow you back into my life or you allow that hurt. It's right. just letting go. It's just letting go. And I forgive you. That doesn't mean that you got your place back in my life, but I can see you and I can love on you and I can speak to you mm -hmm. and I can talk to you and not feel that emotion, that negative emotion. So, so forgiveness, it's true. It really is for you. It it's is not for you. For the other it person. is not for the other it's person. so that you can continue to move on and Absolutely. And yeah. Because one thing I said, I, I made a promise to myself, I am not blocking my blessing because of someone else. Right. You know? Because one thing, you never know what that person is dealing with and why they're acting the way that they're acting towards you. So you you want to forgive quickly and you want to move on because whatever they're dealing with, you really genuinely should pray for them. Right. And ask God to help them in their situation. And then also life is short. Mm -hmm. Move on. And you're allowed to feel. You you're allowed are. to. Yes. To, to go through that process. Yes. I think, and we were talking about this outside of the studio where women in our culture, historically, we are just, we are expected to be strong. Yeah. You know, our mothers yes. and our grandparents, it's like you, you can't feel yes. you gotta be strong, gotta do yes. what you gotta do. And 
the truth is it builds up, it manifests into things like diseases, you know, and that's why you're seeing a lot of these young women with heart disease and strokes and and all that. But I wanted you to weigh in quickly on um, the big elephant that I think is in our community, the hesitance and stigmatization of seeking therapy. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Mental illness in general, because... We really need to break the silence. Yes. How do we do that? How do we even start that? Um, well, I know for me, if I had a quarter for every time somebody told me I was crazy, I'd be a millionaire. And it was hurtful to hear people say, oh, she's crazy. And, and it's your people. Yeah. <laughs> and it's the people that look like me and you. Yeah. Um, one thing we and I feel like we have to understand is that there's no such thing as crazy. Something happened to change the molecular and chemical imbalances in that person's brain that is now causing them to act out of the norm. Mm. Maybe something they could control, maybe something they could not control. However, this is who they are right now. Mm -hmm. This is what is going on with them right now. And we got to start loving people for where they're at and helping them to understand that, okay, yes, you're having a difficult time, what can I do to help? Talk about it. Having conversations yes. about yes. real issues in our communities. And yeah. that is exactly why the Well Radio exists, because yes. we want to open, we want to create a space where we can have these conversations. Absolutely. And I think that's where it starts. That's where we start to remove these stigmas about boys crying and yes. seeking therapy if you need it. And yes, and you know, these are real issues that we are having to deal with. So, and also um, I wanted to say, we have to let go of that superwoman mentality. Mm. We're not superwoman. Superwoman is a, is a fictitious character. Wonder woman is a fictitious character. We're not those people. And it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to say no. It's okay to take care of you first. It's okay to not be able to carry the weight of the world. That's not what you were purposed for. Everyone needs to carry their own burdens, but you can help them through. Right. You know, right. Don't take it. I like I've adopted. It's not my monkey or my circus, but I can help you find a ringleader. There you go. You know, how can I help you without taking on your stuff? Right. And that's where I feel like we as women in the black community, we have to let go of that mentality of, oh, I got to be strong for everyone. Because everyone. that's not true. And then you, you don't. forget yourself and yeah. you forget to fill our cups so we can give from yes. the overflow. Yes. Yes. Be self-full, I think is yes. how Iyanla puts it. Yes. Self-full. Self-full. Fill your cup. And yes. give from the overflow. And give from the overflow. Yes. And and um, Dr. Miles Monroe says that, too, when he's talking about being in relationship with someone, um, whether it's an intimate relationship or it's a friendship, if you don't got nothing to give, if you don't have access or excess, sorry, right? what are you giving? What are you giving? If you don't have excess time, excess energy, excess of love, you, you don't have anything right. to give. So you got to start with You got to start with that. Right. Yes. So we have been talking about overcoming trauma. If you're just joining us on Facebook Live, Mackenzie Green here, a trauma-focused therapist who has been dropping knowledge bombs on us. Yay. And our Facebook listeners, thank you so much for joining us. So really quickly before we wrap this up, give us a few takeaways. One, two, three takeaways for our listeners. 
um, okay. so that we can take something tangible with us from this conversation? Um, one of the main things I want people to take away from this is it's okay. It's okay to feel how you feel. Validation is not wrong. Mm -hmm. If you feel a certain way, be honest with yourself about how you feel. Number two, it's okay to get help. Mm -hmm. And make sure you're, you're seeking help from someone who is going to be completely honest with you, but also completely love you. Mm. I mean, love you unconditionally. And although I'm a strong believer in prayer and I believe prayer works, but so does therapy. You can have both. You can pray and you can, can seek professional help. help. Um, because God gave, gave us this wisdom for a reason. Right. So it's okay to seek prayer. He and took you through that experience and through college. So you can come and give us this knowledge bombs for a reason. That is very, very true. Um, yes. And my final takeaway would be, it's okay to be you. Mm. Be the best you you can be. There's only one you. There's only one you. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, don't worry about what other people think. Don't worry about what other people say. It's okay to be authentically you. And that's where I'm at in my life now. Living your best, best blessed, blessed life. life. I love it. I love it. So <laughs> your past does not define you. You are not defined by your trauma. Be no. you. It's okay to seek help. Yes. Get your tribe and ask for absolutely. Ask for I, help. I thank God for my tribe. I call them my village. I have yes. so everywhere I go, um, God always placed people in my life to give me what I need. Awesome, so, awesome. I have a village, village. <laughs> All right. So you've been listening to the Well Radio. I am your host Angie. I was joined today by. Mackenzie Green, a trauma-focused therapist who has been talking to us about overcoming trauma. Thank you so much for Thank being for our me. very first guest on The Well Radio. Yes, and how relevant was this as we come out of Domestic Violence Awareness yeah. Month? Um, this, I believe, was destiny. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yes. Next Saturday on The Well Radio, we will delve into inner wellness, coming from a place of positivity, creating your own healthy habits suited for you. Yes, some good old food for the soul. I see those comments coming on Facebook. Keep them coming. Keep those questions coming. Yeah. I'm going to have access to Mackenzie Green, so I'm going to be making sure she's answering your questions. Yes. And then just really quickly, tell our listeners where they can get a hold of you, your contact information? Um, well, if you are looking for professional help, I am a psychotherapist with the Mecca Group LLC at 1112 16th Street Northwest in Washington, D.C. And if you just want to reach out to me and you just have questions or want more information about trauma, you can reach me at McKenzieGreen at Yahoo.com. All right. So follow us on Facebook, Instagram, subscribe to our YouTube channel at The Well Radio. We will be right back here next Saturday at 2 p.m. Praise 106.1 is where we're at on Facebook, Instagram and YouTube, as I mentioned, at, at The Well Radio. And if you missed it, you can catch a replay. 
also before we leave i'm gonna give her a minute to give out some shout outs to her yes. family who joined on our facebook to listen to her story yes shout out to all of my family in north and south carolina georgia hey jalisa over in colorado um to my family here in the dmv darren thank you for tuning in um thank you guys for always supporting me big shout out to my cousin carolyn um i love you to life thank you for always being there for me uh big shout out to my cousin jay my cousin crystal i love you guys and all of my family down in south carolina i love you guys to life Awesome. Thank you so much. And with that, please go out and vote. And thank you again for joining us. Until next time, stay well. The Well Radio is brought to you by Health Plan USA, a new way to take charge of your health care costs. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and listen to our podcast at The Well Radio. Until next time, stay happy, stay whole, and stay well.